Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. People are excited to show their love by giving gifts, especially during the holiday season. But what happens when you receive something that you didn't ask for or want? Knowing how to accept graciously is a skill that we all should hone. It should really be our goal to make sure to respond in such a way that the gift giver knows that we genuinely appreciate the gesture, even if the sweater is itchy or the perfume isn't your signature scent. Join me today as I talk to Becca Butler regarding some more tips on how to exactly navigate these sometimes awkward moments when we receive gifts that we may not have asked for. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way you can help this podcast succeed and grow. All right, for those of you that listen regularly, I'm sure that you can tell that I'm a bit under the weather. I usually take this time to share with you my minimalist moment of the week, but I have a sinus infection right now. I'm trying to talk as little as possible. That said, I did want to share a resource with you before we got into the show. My resource this week is a book by Meg Nordman called Have Yourself a Minimalist Christmas. Slow down, save money, and enjoy a more intentional holiday. Meg was on the show back on episode 147, Have Yourself a Minimalist Christmas. So I want to direct you there, which also, disclaimer, maybe don't listen to that one with the littles because we discussed Santa around the halfway point. Also, I want to give a shameless plug for my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity. I do talk about simplifying the holidays. So in regards to Thanksgiving or Christmas, gift giving, Christmas decoration and preparation, and just really enjoying the season that's upon us. All right, I think that's enough of me. Let's get into this conversation with Becca Butler. Becca, thanks so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I love following along with you on social media and I was like, I need to have her on my show. So I'm excited that you're here today. Oh, thank you. I've been listening to your podcast for a while. So I was really excited when you asked. Yeah. We're going to talk today about how to handle incoming Christmas gifts and just specific ideas on what to do with those. So I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's introduce you and then we'll get into that conversation. <laughs> I'm Becca. Um, I'm a mom to four little ones and a wife. Um, we recently moved from the Chicago area to North Carolina. So that's been a big um, change in our life. And then my kiddos are triplets and they are four. And then I have a two-year-old um, toddler. So we have a, a very busy life at home and I'm a stay-at-home mom right now. I was a teacher before, but when my triplets were like six months old and the school year was like wrapping up. We decided it was better for me to stay home with them. So right now it's just being home and the kids and social media and kind of homeschool preschool. We decided not to enroll them in preschool. So my big job has been working with the triplets on, you know, those skills to get them ready for school. All right. Well, let's get in this conversation. As I said, we're going to talk about specifically what to do with Christmas gifts that maybe we didn't ask for, we don't really want, and we don't know how to not be offensive about it, but we also don't want to store them as we're trying to pursue minimalism. So you have four specific thoughts on what to do with those gifts. And let's just go through your thoughts. What is one of your first ideas that you have and what to do with those gifts? I just have noticed in kind of like Facebook groups for like wooden toy moms and minimalist moms, the people got, you know, just really flustered with what to do when their way that they would like to handle gifting isn't honored. And so the first way that I think to handle it is just keep it. I mean, I know that it may not be like what you would have chosen, but go ahead and keep it because of the idea that somebody cared so much, you know, about your children 
to give them this gift and that it's really the gifter's way of showing love. And then also because it shows our kids a social skill of just being gracious. Um, And so the first idea is just to keep the present, um, even if it's not something that we would have necessarily chosen to bring into our home. Yeah, I think that can be so tough. And it's something that you definitely have to practice. It's hard for people that their expressions are written all over their face, but you can do it. I promise. I have, I can, I have done this now, but it is hard. And it's not that you're ungrateful when you receive something. I think for someone with my personality, I want to, I want to make sure that, and and maybe this isn't, this isn't my role and how people spend their money. So that's something that I would have to process beforehand, but I want to make sure that money is well spent. I don't like to waste money. I don't like to be frivolous. So if there's something that I'm like, oh, the money could be better spent towards this. Why don't we put it towards this? I think that that's a hard thing for me to reconcile. I totally feel you on that because there's definitely times where even if my mom is asking for like recommendations that Mm -hmm. I can tell she's really pushing in one direction, I'm like, oh my gosh, I I don't think she wants to spend her money on that. It's not going to last long or whatever. But I also just have to like remind myself it's, it's just not me that's making the purchase. It's not my money. Absolutely. All right. Well, what's your second thought here? So my second thought is to keep it still, but to just like let your child play with it until they kind of tire of it and then put it out of sight for basically rotations. I do this a lot with my kids' toys, whether it's something I purchased or something someone else purchased so that you can kind of have it out of your sight for a little while. It's maybe tucked up in a closet and then pull it back out at whatever frequency you want. Like sometimes I hold on to those things for when the gifter comes over so that they can see their present in use that they purchased, or maybe I'll pull it out um, on like a day that my kid is just really moody and we need to kind of like shake things up. And so I'm going to reintroduce this gift and it's going to feel all shiny and new again because they haven't seen it for a while. You also have to think about like the gift or like if it's, you know, like I know for instance, my mom, she's like very relaxed. So mm-hmm. if I was like, oh, I don't want this and I gave it away and I just told my mom like, uh, it ended up at Goodwill. Like she's not the type of person to be offended by that. But I also have other people in my life who actually yeah. ask me like, have they still been playing with that? And it's like three months later. So yeah. those type of people I are, are the ones that this idea is for because you can avoid the conversation about whether or not they're playing with it by them seeing it. Maybe they still find joy and seeing them with it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree that usually the joy is found in the actual act of the kid opening the present. Yeah. And there are definitely those people in your life that, I mean, regardless of what I've sent on gift lists or what I've said, or the fact that they know that I'm pursuing minimalism and just a life with less, they will still just throw me through all the gifts our way. And so it's, you're going to always have those outliers, I think. And and that's fine because I know that gift giving is a love language. So I think it's important to know how to navigate those situations, which is why you're here. So what is your third <laughs> idea? So the third one is more of that cut through way. Any way to get it out of the house, like return it, sell it, donate it. And I just also struggle, I think a little bit with the boundary of telling somebody like, I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. But I think if you are more comfortable with that, you could lean into three more quickly. But if I have a relationship with the gifter that I don't feel like they're going to either like, they're never going to know that it went away or my kid is definitely not going to like this. If they've already given up on it before it ever made out of the package, then I'm going to probably return it and see mm-hmm. if I can buy something more practical with the gift card that we got for it, or I'm going to donate it or I'm going to sell it at like a children's resale so that we can use the funds from the gift for something that is more necessary. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And to be transparent, we had an example of this in my own life. Uh, I guess I think I've spoken about this before on the podcast, but how um, our in-laws will give us a little something whenever it's someone's birthday for the other children, they give a little something. And so it's a gift that they give to the other kids. And it's been very hard. Oh, gosh, I, I'm making all this sound like it's like the worst thing that could possibly happen. I feel so bad for saying it this way, but it has been frustrating having to have that little something because I really want to celebrate just the birthday boy or girl on that day. But we have these gifts and I know that this person really loves to love in this way, but the gift was something that was my husband and I didn't deem it necessarily age appropriate. So I told my daughter, I'm like, look, we can see if target will take it back. And if they do, then you can use that money towards something else. That's a little bit more age appropriate for a six-year-old. And so it's not always going to happen that way, but that was just an instance in my life that happened recently. I have a couple people in our family that they like to give a thing to my kids every single time they see them. And those people also tend not to buy things that are like too substantial. So it's a lot of Dollar Tree type things. And so those generally like they play with it in the moment when they've gotten it and then like it disappears Mm -hmm. after the visit because I just don't need those things around. I think uh, the thing that I struggle with is like when those things are purchased that I'm like, Oh my gosh, now this is like somewhere out there in the earth. Like it has to be dealt with, Mm -hmm. um, you know, more like the sustainability part of it, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's my own concerns. And I know that the kids enjoy the moment with their family member and the family member is happy about it. I've never had somebody ask me later about a small gift like that. So I generally go with number three on that and just get that out of the house. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I do that with gifts that are more of the flashy loud gifts. I don't get them out of the house in the sense that I uh, donate them or toss them or whatever, but I actually put those in our car because it's something that keeps my kids attention when we're driving. And maybe that would annoy some people because they're driving down the road and they have this little pretend radio in the backseat with their son, but I don't care at all. I'm just like, enjoy that here. It's going to just stay in our car. It's our car toy. And then they can really just like use it and abuse it until it's done. And so that's kind of a way that I've worked with some of that stuff. That's so smart. I, yeah, I don't prefer the flashy, like loud toys either. For the most part, we haven't kept many of them. Most things in our house don't run on batteries. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. All right. What is your last suggestion? So the fourth one is goes along with what you said about putting it in the car. So just repurposing the toy um, Mm -hmm. into a way that maybe meets like your family's philosophy for using things in your home. So for example, like my kids have gotten play sets for character toys, like uh, PJ masks. And instead of just like setting off the tower and like the toys and just keeping them in a bucket, Mm -hmm. I will take them and maybe use them like in a sensory bin, like make sensory bin rice that's colored to PJ Masks and then put the characters in there and maybe use the pieces of this toy in a way that meets like the way that I would like for the kids to play or that I would like for our lifestyle to go. Because lots of those toys can be actually dissected, you know, into Mm -hmm. something else. So Mm -hmm. trying to repurpose it or extend their life when the kids get bored of them. That's a great idea. I love that idea. Yeah. I think even when we're intentional about all these boundaries and providing those wish lists, we're always going to have someone that just desires to buy off our list or just to gift when they come to visit. So I think that I wanted to put this episode out just because people aren't alone in navigating this, especially as we're again, trying to pursue a more of a minimalist lifestyle. I absolutely agree. And that's 
I give out the gift list and I try my best to like guide people, but it, it doesn't always go that way. And just allowing myself some ways to handle the gifts keeps me from being really stressed as I'm like watching the kids rip into all these presents that I was like, that wasn't part of the plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, again, I want people to hear my heart and your heart when we're talking about this and that we're not Scrooges, but it's more so just how to navigate afterwards, but it's always our job to accept graciously. That's the foremost thing that I think we want people to know, like accept graciously and then we'll navigate from there. Absolutely. And modeling that for our kids and, mm-hmm. and then handling it mm-hmm. our own selves later. Yeah. This was super helpful. Where can listeners find you if they want to connect more with you online? So if they want to connect with me, my most frequented place is Instagram. Um, and my handle is at the Becca blog. And then I also have a blog and it's the Well, Becca, thank you again for joining me. I'm really excited you were here to talk about this and I hope it's been helpful for people. So I appreciate you. Thanks again for having me. What did you think of the episode? I just want to reiterate the idea that it's really never my intention to discredit generosity of a well-intended family member. However, it is important as minimalist to keep perspective when it comes to the toy and gift inventory associated with gifting. I just want to give you a quick statistic. According to the research in the book, Life at Home in the 21st Century, other relatives contribute to children's material assemblages, including about $500 spent by grandparents each year on toys, clothes, books, and other gifts. So really, even if if you're intentional about setting boundaries and providing wish lists, we all have that one relative or maybe two or three that desires to buy off the list that we provide them. So really know that you're not alone in navigating this tricky situation. As I said in the episode, I found it to be a struggle in my own life. So I hope that some of these ideas were helpful to you. As I said, also seek out that book by Meg Nordman, A Minimalist Christmas. And again, I have a whole section in my book about simplifying the holiday season. I'd love to hear more of your thoughts or maybe sticking points on this topic. So I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. And there you'll find the links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you again for joining up in this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.